Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's word. Luke chapter 13. Find verse 18. Luke 13, verse 18. Then he said, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a mustard seed, which he took and put in his garden, and it grew and became a large tree, and the birds of the air nested in its branches. Verse 20. Again he said, to what shall I liken the kingdom of God. It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Move in power. May we never be the same. Come on, just pray for yourself. That God would speak to you today, give you what you need today. Father, thank you. Release your power. Be glorified everything that's said and done. Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I would encourage you to take notes, and normally we do pass those out, but our, our, our printer gave up the ghost. And um, I, I can't help but think that it was some feeble attempt by the ugly one to uh, undermine the service, which he's clearly lost. We knew that he lost before he ever even tried, but he does try occasionally. I lost all my notes. Now, you got to know that it, it takes... It takes quite a long time to put together a message, sometimes longer than others. I suppose this was a, a medium-range preparation, not a, not a super long one, but medium. Anyway, all my notes evaporated at about 7.20 this morning. And um, I uh, texted my beloved associate there, um, Pastor Kirsten Davis, and said, I will not be coming to church till about 9 o'clock. And got right back into, I mean, like everything, all of my, all of my notes, all of my little sub notes, you know, every, all of my notes gone. And so I dove right back into this text, knowing that it's the word of the Lord for sure. For me, my family, it's the word of the Lord for you. You're here under the sound of my voice, those online, it's the word of the Lord for our church. Not just here, but I believe even worldwide, 234 extensions We've been saying it this way because I uh, believe it to be the word of the Lord for 2018. I am blessed. Say it with me. I am blessed and I will. That's right. Now let's say it corporately. We are blessed and we will multiply. Amen. So the word of the Lord for 2019 is multiply. And so I've been preaching a series entitled Living the Supernatural Life of Multiplication. And uh, we're well into that. And so I want to continue in that series Talking to you about a dynamic of the kingdom. The dynamics of the kingdom of God. This text is uh, profound in many ways. Jesus here is talking about the kingdom. He says, what is the kingdom like? And he, and he brings parables. The, the kingdom of God, George Ladd, for all of you students of the word who want to grow in the things of God, you want to get the book called The Gospel of the Kingdom. I've said that many times before, but not in recent years. The Gospel of the Kingdom by George Ladd is a life-changing book. He says it this way, the kingdom of God is the rule of God. So what? It's the rule of God. Another way to look at it is where the king is, so is the kingdom. So Jesus would say things like, the kingdom of God is at hand, which means very close or right here. He would say the kingdom of God is among you. The kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, it's synonymous. It means the same thing. God's kingdom is not some geographical place as we know it, but you enter into the kingdom by receiving the king of the kingdom. Jesus is the king of the kingdom. We believe in the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. So there is perishing and there is everlasting life. And so Jesus, the king of the kingdom, the son of the kingdom, if you could say it that way, but he's fully God as he comes. 33 and a half years, he showed us what God was like, the kingdom of God. You enter into the kingdom by repenting and receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That is the only way to enter into the kingdom. 
There's just one way, one truth, narrow. Amen. I was, uh, I, 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 my wife says I should probably write a book, you know, Tales from the Sauna. Because it's like an open heaven over the sauna that I go in uh, about five and six days a week. It's the, the reward that, that my son and I get for working out. We work out together and then we go and, and melt in the sauna. And it, it, it ebbs and flows, but lately it's, it's really on the rise. Just amazing things <laughs> happening. Uh, in the sauna. And so uh, yesterday I uh, went to the sauna while my son went to go shoot some hoops. He, he bypassed the sauna and I, I went in there and um, it was hot, very hot, over 200, hence sauna, but it was, you know, two, two, 215, hot, pretty hot. Pastor, Pastor Timothy likes it around 300, I'm told. 300. 300. Anyway, I've got little tricks to manipulate that, that cheap little sauna to make it go hotter, but I'm sure it's nothing like Carol's over there. But anyway, 300 degrees. Anyway, you cook meat at 300 degrees. I don't know how you could stay. All right, that's like a slow roast. Anyway, I had prepared it prior to working out, so it's the temperature that I like it. And I went in, and there was another young man there, and he... Notice I said another, because I was the other young man. And we went in, and we sat down. And he says, man, it's hot. I'm like, yeah, thank you, Lord. And he says, pastor. And I said, yeah. And I don't remember meeting him. And he says, I've met you before. I said, I'm so sorry. I don't remember meeting you. He says, I came to your church once. I said, oh, great. He said, do you like it? He goes, yeah, yeah. It's really different. I said, awesome. So then we're going like, oh, it's hot. We're sweating. And he starts asking me these deep theological questions. But he wasn't asking me them to, to disprove or to be mocking. He sincerely wanted to know the truth. And so I started talking to him about the kingdom of God. Started talking to him about the church. And he says this to me. What is the purpose of what you're doing at that church? Why are you, what are you doing? What is your goal with all the people that are coming to that church? And so I just gave him scripture out of Ephesians that we would become mature and become like Christ and represent him in the earth, that we'd release his healing, his power, his kingdom everywhere we go, that we would declare the glory of God through our lives, through our actions, through our attitudes. And, I, and the presence of God just starts falling. Now, we got a little delirious because of the heat, so we went, you know, you do a little ice plunge. I mean, you know what that is? Anyway, a little cold plunge back in for round two. So I don't know if it was like round two, round three, So I, because you get a little... A little swirly in there. He starts asking me about salvation in heaven, and the presence of God falls, and I start sharing with him. And he didn't understand between works. He didn't understand. He didn't understand. He's raised in a Mormon home. I said they got some. They got some messed up theology. He goes, no, I know that. I said, so here's the truth, and I started telling him, and he. Literally, after I preached the gospel, very plain, that it's by faith that you're saved. It's, not, it's a gift of God. Amen. That he literally shot back and he said, oh, God. Actually, he, he went, what the? And he, and he said half of the F-bomb. And then, how many of you know, it's pretty genuine. And then he said, sorry. I'm sorry, Pastor. I said, oh, that's okay. He's like, whoa. I, 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 I get it. For the first time in my life, I get it. I mean, he understood, and I left him in that condition and encouraged him to seek the Lord. Amen. You enter the kingdom by receiving the king. This text talks about the kingdom of God, and it talks about these dynamics here in parables. He shares two parables. Come on, let's look at the text. He shares two parables, and parables hide and parables reveal. Say that. Parables hide and parables reveal. God is not obligated to share with you anything. Oh, he wants to. But if you come as a casual observer, you come with an apathetic heart, and so your mama dragged you to church right now, and you have to listen to this bald head preacher with a tie on right now, he's not obligated to share anything. You're not going to get anything out of the service necessarily. But to the hungry, to the thirsty, he speaks. 
He says in Luke chapter 8, the purpose for parables, Luke 8 and 9, his disciples said to them, what does this parable mean? And he said, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Say it to me. To me. To me it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. There are mysteries in God. And God wants you to know those things. He doesn't want it to remain far off that you've got no clue about what he's talking about. No clue of how to prosper. No clue of how to have a blessed life. No clue of how to get healing. He wants you to know those things. He said, well, doesn't everybody know? No, no, he doesn't. In fact, he was saying to me, well, since everybody's a child of God, this sauna story, I said, no, no, not everybody's a child of God. He said, what? I said, no, 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 God makes everybody. He knits them together where they're in their mother's womb. But you can only become a child of God by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To as many as believed on him, he gave them the right to become children of God. So you're not a, he made you, he knows you, you're made in his image, but you're separated from him because of sin. So until you receive the king of the kingdom, you're not in the kingdom. Somebody said, Jack, you better get in the kingdom. Come on, say it. Jack, get it. that's right. So he shares these two parables, and this comes on the heels of Jesus' opponents being totally humiliated, and God's people are rejoicing. The first parable is about the mustard seed, which he planted, and it became a tree big enough for the birds of the air to nest in. And the second one is about yeast. Now, normally, yeast or leaven is a picture of sin, but not here. Here it's different. Two different parables. The meaning of the parable. You know, I read the, the message version on this, and uh, it just blessed me because we don't really have an idea about a mustard seed. So the message version is like a Northwest version. It's kind of Alaskish right here. Uh, it says the man who planted the pine nut seed in the front of his yard, soon it became a mighty pine tree that the eagles came and nested in. I like that. I just, ooh, that's good. Because we don't really have an idea of what a mustard seed is, one of the smallest seeds in the kingdom. But when you plant it, it becomes this bush. It would be 8, 10, 12 feet tall. Smallest seed. The meaning of these two parables in application for living the supernatural life of multiplication is this. The two dynamics of the kingdom. Wherever you see the kingdom come, you will see these two dynamics every single time. The first one is multiplication. Write that down and say multiplication. Multiplication or increase. So whenever God comes in, there's a multiplication, there's an increase. But the second thing that happens whenever the kingdom comes is transformation. There is always transformative change in people, places. I mean, he just changes things. Multiplication is what I would call outside growth. Again, mustard seed, smallest seed in the kingdom. And yet, as it grows, it becomes this giant bush. Unless the seed falls to the ground and dies, it will not bring forth the harvest. Right? Seeds are supernatural. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 1 and just hold your finger there. In order for the power of a seed to be released... It's got to be sown. I, uh, a while back, in fact, Pastor Karen, I'm looking for them. I, I ordered some uh, hot pepper seeds. And uh, they're not the Carolina Reaper. That one is like, <laughs> I don't know you should put anything in your mouth that has called Reaper. <laughs> it's all kinds of stories of people just really hurting themselves with that. But I like, anybody else like hot peppers and hot sauces and yeah, so I want to have my own hot pepper sauce and, uh, and, and my own hot pepper plant. And so I ordered a while back some seeds. And they came in this little package, you know. And then it conveniently got lost on my desk. And I never got them in the They are somewhere in my house. The incredible power of these hot peppers all rolled up into a seed. If you go to Genesis, did you go there? Genesis chapter 1 and verse 11. And watch this now. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb that yields its seed. I, I can't help but laugh and, because as I was talking to the guy, he's, he's an, a, um, an herb smoker. And so he said, uh, 
actually, I felt like I had a word of knowledge, and so I asked him. I said, so you smoke dope? He's like, yeah, man. You? I'm like, no. He said, yeah. He said, well, what do you think about that? He said, what, what do you think about that? What's God think about that? He said, you know what it says in Genesis? He gives us every green herb. Oh, did I get on somebody's nerve? Because I'll make the whole, I didn't give you notes, so I'll make the whole service about smoking pot if I don't get some amens. It's the issue of intoxication. Somebody said, well, well is drinking alcohol wrong? It, for me, I have a conviction about that. The Rechabites, Jack, Jack, the Jacobites, I have to go look. They had a conviction about it. They didn't drink. The, um, what are those guys that grow their hair out? Nazarites. Nazarites didn't drink alcohol. Jesus said, I'm not going to drink alcohol until I come into my kingdom. And so I have committed to, not, to avoid the appearance of evil. And I, we don't drink alcohol. Is it okay for you to drink alcohol? I don't, it's not going to take you. I don't think it's wrong. If, if you get drunk, it's wrong. Now, with dope these days, how are you going to have just one hit off of that stuff and not get high? No, you're going to get high, homie. Anyway, with the logic of God made every green herb, if I can just slap this and move on in the message, because you're going to give a big amen or something. Either that or be offended and never come back. You want to go to the dope smoking church? Go right ahead. This ain't it. And I will also tell you that every single, per, every single one I know for 25 years, every single person I know, 25 years, that smoked pot and tried to serve God, they all end up insane. I, and I know many, many, sto many stories. They end early. Their lives end early. They end up crazy. They end up twisting scripture. Their marriages fail. Their kids fail over and over and over. I, you know what? I'm going I'm, 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 I'm to go there for a second. I just can't help myself. It was a while ago we had a, a man that had moved to the valley from one of the villages. Guy was anointed. Knew the word. It's from a different denomination, spirit-filled denomination. I heard he was coming. His, uh, a pastor friend of his called me and said, hey, my friend's coming. He could really use a strong church like yours. So he came. We connected. We started talking. He invited me over. He says, I really got some amazing revelation I want to share with you. And I, I could see God's hand on him. And so I went over to his home with my son. Where is my son? You remember this very well. So we went there, and as soon as I walked in the house, I sensed uh, something's not quite right. We sat down, began to talk, and he says, I want to talk to you about, about marijuana. And give you a revelation. God is going to release millions of dollars through me to build the kingdom. And he's going to do it through marijuana sales. And I thought, no, nah, there's a big problem with that. And so we went back and forth. And I realized, oh my gosh, this guy's lit right now. Not lit like legit, lit like high. And I said, you're high right now. He said, yeah. And I looked at his wife and I realized she had come from some probably Baptist type background. You know what I mean? And I said, so you smoke too? She goes, no. I said, okay. I said, this is going to destroy you, man. Well, we got in a semi-argument. My son was in the other room playing with their other kids, and he had been a pastor, and, you know, my son was old enough to be in that environment, and it was safe, I felt, but I didn't feel safe the second I found out I was trying to be sold a dope, basically. I'm like, Daniel! <laughs> I don't know what else is going on around here. Hey, son! Right, so I said, no, this ain't God. He said, well, I really love your church. I want to keep coming. I said, you can come, but don't recruit not one person to smoke pot and, and propagate that nonsensical, demonic uh, doctrines of demons here. Don't do that here. Because if you do, I'll drop kick you straight out of my church. He said, what? Somebody said, you're not supposed to be like that if you're a pastor. I'm sweet most of the time. Mess with my church, mess with, mess with doctrine, start messing with people, start trying to hurt people, even though you might be well-meaning. We will help you with the love of God. Not spiritual violence. When I say dropkick, I mean just, you know, not allow you to come. So, you know, the end of that story, very simply, is that whole family's decimated, okay? So now years later, no longer married, can't get any work, not in the ministry, all the kids, you know, drugs, out of wedlock, on and 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 on. Well, I guess it didn't work for him too well. 
Let's move on. That was an isolated little mini sermon for like three or four people that are trying to sell your bag of weed. Don't, 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 don't do that. Don't hurt yourself. If, if every green herb was supposed to be smoked, why don't you try smoking poison sumac? Poison ivy. What about the medicinal qualities? I think there could be medicinal qualities, CBD oil or whatever. I, but I, I, you know, I'm just, I know it was a gateway drug for me, so I stay far from it. And anything that's going to bring me intoxication, I avoid it. I'm not going to do it. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm leery about cough syrup. You're like, oh, snap. You're talking about, my, you're talking about my, that legalized drug. Well, you'd have two shots of that instead of one. Yeah, it's the same thing. You can throw a rock at a pot smoker, but have two shots of your cough syrup, and you know you're getting high, sir. No, it was a bad cough where you're like. <laughs> All right. Where are we? Oh, I, I got to say that. I got to say this. 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 I had somebody tell me, Adam smoked in the garden. I'm like, what? How do you figure that? Oh, yeah, no, Adam. <coughs> Adam was a dope smoker, too. He smoked the buds. I'm like, what? I remember talking to Dr. Morocco, and Dr. Morocco, I, said, I, we were, I was laughing because I just think it's hysterical because what Dr. Morocco said is so true. He says, what? Why would he need to? Because he walked with God in the cool of the day. Why would he need? He had the glory of God. He had the power of God. And still in the midst of the garden, he failed. All right. I want to get to the rest. We talk about seeds. What's amazing in the garden is in Genesis 2. This is the history of the heavens and the earth. Genesis 2 and 4. I'm going to move, I'm going to try to move forward. Here we go. Before any plant of the field was in the earth, and before any herb of the field had grown, for the Lord had not yet caused it to rain in the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. You see, when God wanted an orange tree, he rolls it back to an orange seed. When God wanted an apple, he rolled it back to a, come on, Johnny. He rolled it back to an apple seed. Everything in life is in seed form. Listen, we could start talking about procreation and, and children. How many of you know there's eggs and seed? Everything, everything, everything goes back to a seed. And it produces in its kind after itself. Everything, everything. This text here about the mustard seed and becoming a tree, Jesus is really talking about his life and how that seed would become a tree, which is like the church. And birds in Scripture are frequently used for nations, that the nations would come and find refuge in the tree. It's really actually pretty profound. Seed. Your life is a seed. Your talent, your time, your treasure, it's all seed. And many people don't sow their lives. Many people don't sow their seed. You're never going to have a harvest unless you, the kind of harvest you want, unless you put the kind of seed in the ground that you want to put in the ground. How many of you know that if you're a jerk, you're going to have people being jerk back to you? Seed, time, and harvest. Look at, look at um, 2 Corinthians 9. Boy, we sure got on that marijuana thing. It's only 10 o'clock. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 9. Now, Paul is, is talking about sowing financial seed in the church to help the church in Jerusalem. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you having all sufficiency in all things may abound for every good work. He's basically saying as you sow, as you give, God is going to provide all grace. I mean, there's a lot of alls in there. All sufficiency. 
for every good work. God is able to multiply what you have sown in the ground. Go, go to verse 10. Verse 10 of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown. Here's the thing. God gives us seed, not financial seed, yes. Giftings, talents, yes. He gives those things to us, but if you're not releasing those seeds, then it'll never multiply. But if you'll take that gift of playing the piano and you begin to sow it, I, I, I love our brother DJ, been playing the keys for two years, three years. I was close, four. <laughs> hey, multiplication, hallelujah. Four years. Of four years, he's on a worship team with an amazing anointing, being invited to play at different places and travel to be used by God to bring God's presence and power. He's writing music, right? Four years. We're not, not 40 years, four years. Some of you are like, man, I wish I could do that. You don't need a wishbone. You need a backbone. And you need to, you need to sow the gifts and the talents you have. And if you don't learn to sow that, you'll never release a multiplication. Everything we have. Verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 9. Now may he supply seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. God is the one who supplies the seed, who gives the gifts. And then as we release that, God provides for you while that seed is being planted and growing. And then in the midst of that gives you more seed. Now, please, Paul is talking about money. But understand, it's a principle that applies to everything in your life. Everything. Everything. When my wife and I came into this church, we were broken. She was following, you thought my testimony is crazy. She's following two gurus. Sold everything. Just like some flower child, hippie, lost person. I mean... And the Lord saved you. He used, me, he used me to do that. Missionary dating, it's not a good idea, but it works for us. <laughs> Hannah, you, won't, you don't want to do that. Amen. No missionary dating, Hannah. Okay. Daniel. No, no missionary dating. All right. The kingdom of God starts small, but as it grows, it touches the nations. What we've done here started small. 20 to 30 people when we first got here. You know, there was no one when we first started all those years ago. Now there's, there's 12, 1,300 people part of the church now. And it'll grow. We're, we're just out of the bathtubs, far too small. We, we, need, we got a new one that's being prepared. Why? Because there's so many people coming. What could God do with your life if you took your time and your talent and you sowed it into the kingdom? You took your time, your talent, your treasure, you sowed it. I'm going to tell you what God will do. He will take your life and make it amazing. And he will, it doesn't happen necessarily overnight. You ever plant seeds before? Literally, the planting of the seed. You know, a mighty oak tree, church, brethren, sistren, a mighty oak tree was just a nut that held on. Come on, it takes time to see multiplication. Sometimes it's overnight. Other times it, it, it requires time, diligence. So these dynamics of the kingdom is multiplication, but the second dynamic that we see is transformation. This yeast, this leaven, works through the whole dough. That's a picture of what the kingdom of God is like. It's a picture of the kingdom. Listen, if you came and you gave your life to Jesus and your life wasn't changed, you might want to double check whether you actually gave your life to Christ or not. Because something happens to you when you receive Jesus. When you receive Jesus, your life is changed. Your life will be transformed. You, 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 the people that you hated and wanted to hurt, you all of a sudden can't hate them anymore. A foul nonsense coming out of your mouth, you're finding yourself convicted and like curbing things, your, your desire for the things of the world, are, they're waning. 
You just like me. I want to go to church. I want to. I want to worship. Yeah. When you're born again, you're been made. Been made. When you're born again, everything changes. If you can't remember being born again, then you might not be. So that's kind of offensive. Yeah, you can go to church until you look like a pew. You can you can go to church every day of the week. There's people that are so religious, they know this inside and out, and they have no transformation in their life. In your life, when you receive Jesus, there has got to, there will be evidence of the supernatural working of the kingdom of God. If you do not see that, something is amiss. Personal transformation. Personal transformation. I'm finding everywhere I go that I'm running into people. Interesting thing, though it might sound ridiculous, if I don't go anywhere, I don't run into anyone. What are you saying? I'm saying that I need more opportunities, and let me say we. We all need more opportunities to interact with people. Because if you don't interact with them, transformation in the personal life is to work out in societal transformation. I just said something right there. Your transformed life, when you go home to your wife, you go home to your husband, you go home to your kids, they see that this is not the same person. Something's different. I used to be able to irritate him. Now he just forgives me all the time. I can't figure that out. People at the job, they're like, man, what have you got? You're, you got a permagrin on all the time? You just chicklets going across? You're singing? You're not out on Friday night getting hammered with the rest of the office? That happy hour that never really was very happy? You were addicted to to porn, and you're no longer doing that because you're convicted. Your life changes. And when people come into contact with a transformed life, that transformation gets on them. This young man that I was talking to in the sauna yesterday, he said, man, you know, there really is something about, about your church and, and you. You're like different, man. I said, that's the Holy Spirit, bro. He's like, yeah, it's something. I said, yeah, and, and then I prophesied over him. You're called. God's calling you. And it was like this moment where he received it, but I sensed, and I could be wrong, I sensed that he shrugged it off. So I said, Lord, give me one more shot. I, we went our separate ways. I said, Lord, let me run into him one more time. And as we're walking out, he said, all right, pastor, he's behind me. I thought, oh, yeah, thank you, Jesus. I said, hey. You know the parable, the seed and the, the sower and the, and the good soil? and the, Some fell on rocky soil. Some fell on thorns. Some fell on good soil. The conditions of your heart. I said, in there was great seed. God spoke to you. I said, what's the condition of your heart? Is it just going to be one of those things you hear and blow it off? Or are you actually going to receive what, what the Lord just... Because I said something. We had a divine appointment. Dude, God just met you in the sauna. Because it was clear. I don't just say that. I mean, really, really, really. What's taking place in Wasilla, what's taking place, honestly, everywhere a spirit-filled believer goes that is sensitive to the leading and guiding of the, of the Spirit of God, it's not just a transformation in his life. Everywhere he goes, everywhere she goes, changes that place. And if you're the same that you were before you got saved, I think you need to recommit. I think you need to get saved again, maybe. Or maybe you were never saved. The dynamics of the kingdom are multiplication and transformation. Say it. Multiplication and transformation. What a horrible thing it would be as my worship team returns. I just need keys. It's fine. What a horrible thing it would be to... Stand before the Lord on that day to give an account for our lives and have him say, what happened? What happened? Um, um, uh, we're all given 
time. What you do with the time that you have matters. And wouldn't it be horrible to, to be before his throne and not been challenged to give, not been challenged to serve? I will challenge you from this pulpit and I'm challenging you now. Get involved in the life of the church. Why? You're kind of irritating with that, Pastor, because I hear it a lot. I know, yeah, it might be irritating, but you know something? I'm glad that we have a church that we can challenge each other. You don't want to go somewhere where you're comfortable all the time and, and that people just endorse your theology of smoke and dope. People just endorse your fornication. I'm, I, I can't. I, I can't. Listen, church growth people say you should never preach and teach like you preach and teach because you'll drive people out of the church. You know what I've found? That's a bunch of bunk. What I've found is people want to hear the truth. They want to know how to walk in freedom, want to know how to have a blessed marriage, want to know how to have the favor of God, want to know how to walk in a dimension of power and multiplication, want to live the blessed life, not some combination of mixed doctrine and, and, and nonsensical demonic teaching that ends up destroying your life, destroying your kids. It's destroyed our nation. Our nation needs to come back. I'm preaching now. Our nation needs to come back to God. And our nation, God, is looking for people to stand up in this hour of history and declare the good things of the Lord. I'm not trying to put condemnation. I'm not trying to wake you up. I'm trying to wake you up to tell you there is a blessed life. And if you'll just start and be faithful with your mustard seed of time and you'll be faithful with your giftings, with your talents, you'll be faithful with your treasure. Be faithful. God will cause your life to expand and bless, be blessed. In my own life, I can't hardly take it. I'm so blessed that if I start talking about it, I'll just start weeping and getting messed up. I had people model it for me. Dr. Morocco, others, even now, connected with them. Just keep doing the right thing. People don't like it, they can stick it. Not sure what that means. Just keep doing the right thing. Keep showing up. Keep praying. Keep reading the word. Keep believing. Keep speaking forth declarative change. Keep declaring. Keep proclaiming. Keep swinging the hammer of righteousness. Come on, live humble and broken before the Lord. Be transparent. Don't hide things. The principles of the kingdom, put them in your life. And don't be seduced. Grace, any message about grace, that gives you a shortcut and allows you to sin more is not the message of grace that's in the gospel. Well, so how much pot smoking is too much? How much heroin? I would think any amount. Amen? How close can I get to the sin you already backslid. You already backslid. If you're standing up the line, you're like, "Is it? Can I?" You already. You already don't. You already. Your heart's already gone. God wants you to multiply, and God wants you to walk in transformation. Multiply and transform the dynamics of the kingdom. We're going to be serving communion here, ushers. If you would prepare that transformation in your own life transformation in society. Come on, examine your life. God's going to cause us to multiply. Don't be afraid to sow your life. Don't be afraid to sow your time, your talent, your treasure. Be a giver. Don't let fear and greed drive you. Fear and greed, ushers, would you come? Fear and greed drive the, the, the markets of the earth. Faith and generosity is how the kingdom of God advances. Faith and generosity, fear and greed drive the markets of the earth, but faith and generosity, the reason God wants to bless you is so that you can be generous on all occasion. The reason God wants to prosper you and multiply you is so that he can show you off as a trophy of his grace. Yes, to reward you, to show his love towards you, but then use you as a, a vessel 
cleansed from the former things now used for noble purposes. God wants to set you on fire, transform your marriage, transform your kids, so that your neighbors who are hanging by a thread, people who are, who are just so weary. I ran into a young man that is walking in tremendous financial blessing. I mean, it's like this Instagram world that you see everybody with this, 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 this illusion of perfection. You know, let's wait, let's wait a second. You know, and then you look, make sure everything's good behind. You know, you don't, you know, your closet that has all the stuff rolling out of it. You don't want that in the picture. So, you know, you just angle it a little bit worse. Kick it back in there, shut the door. Wait, wait a second. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Others of you do it all the time. Wait. The illusion of perfection is driving people to fear that they're going to... If you could see behind the scenes the brokenness of the young man that's making all the money with all the, all the benefits and all the great stuff and drinking himself into an early grave... crying at night, the fights that break out between him and his wife. Oh, but the pitcher with the giant fish or the huge rack, the superstar Alaska champion life or, or wherever you are, be real. Sow your life, sow your time, sow your talent, and the, the, the dynamics of the kingdom of multiplication and transformation will take place. And then when he changes you, he changes everything that's all around you and everybody that comes in contact with you, they'll be touched by the very kingdom of God. And then you can sow seed in, into their lives. Do you get something so simple? serving what they do would you just sing whatever you want go for it try to tie it into the you know stay away from the dope and the marijuana <laughs> thing but <laughs> just turn loose that prophetic song come on stand with us We thank you for your sacrifice. That you laid down your life, you sowed your life as a seed so that many sons and daughters could come to glory. Lord, you're calling us to sow our lives as a seed. What a crying shame and tragedy would be that on that day, the great and dreadful day of the Lord, the day of judgment, that we would stand before you having been selfish, self-absorbed, when you were counting on us to change your region, but we were so myopic, so focused on our own personal advancement that we missed the kingdom plan. 
I just said a mouthful right there. Lord, let us not miss your plan. Let us not be moved by fear and greed, but let us respond rightly. Even as you gave your life, that we would be like a living sacrifice, a reasonable thing that we should do, considering your death, your resurrection. The reasonable act of service, act of worship, is to be a living sacrifice with all our time, all our talent, and all our treasure. Not to the exclusion or the destruction of anything that's good, right, pure, and just. But for the expansion of the kingdom, cause us to multiply as we sow our lives, our time, our talent, our treasure. Cause us to multiply. Release transformation. I pray for that one right now who's bound to marijuana. I break that hold off of your life. I break the hold of addiction off of your life. Alcoholism and addiction, sexual addiction, relationship addiction. I break the hold of the love of the world right now in Jesus' name. I pray come crashing in with your power and your truth and bring transformation to lives and then transformation of our society, God. Transform Wasala. We thank you that you use men and women one by one reaching out and touching with a boldness evangelizing and seeing many many come to salvation healing and deliverance your kingdom thank you Lord thank you time. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I just want to thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you died and you rose again. We thank you, Lord, for your promise of healing, salvation, and deliverance. Lord, we confess, we declare with these elements in our hand, a cracker and some juice, that you, Lord, were crucified and rose again. And to as many as believed on you, you gave us the right to become children of God, to be washed, to be cleansed. You were pierced for our transgressions. You were wounded for our iniquity. The chastisement that brings us peace was upon you. So we repent for our wrong thoughts, attitudes, or motives. Come on, do that right now. We repent right now. If you've not given your life to Christ, do it now. Do it now. Just you and Jesus. Just ask Him to forgive you. Believe on Him. Repent of your sin. Lord, forgive us. Wash us. Cleanse us. We receive you afresh today and anew. We declare your finished work in our lives, your multiplication, your transformation. We declare your healing and we declare your soon return. For on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He took the cup and he blessed it. He said, this is my body which is broken for you and the cup my blood which is shed for you as often as you do this do this in remembrance of me so God we remember your salvation we remember your kingdom come lives on the inside of us as we've received you we remember Lord and we declare your healing your power your salvation and your eminent your eminent soon return and we give you praise we give you glory in Jesus name amen let's eat and drink together I just want to thank you, Lord. Come on, sing it again. Thank you. You, Lord. Woo! 
Come on, lift your hands. Worship Him. Sing it again, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.